Get in the know. Non-stop Vikings talk. It's Purple Daily on ScoreNorthNorth.com. Purple Daily, presented Welcome by Sterling Brewing Company. Welcome in to Vikings Bantline. Sorry, my button bar melted down there right. for a second here. My button bar melted down just like the Green Bay Packers defense when faced with Mr. Game-Winning Drive's presence. Aaron Rodgers made the cardinal sin. Judd Zolgad and Declan Goff. You never give the two-minute Terminator that much time left in a must-win game. We'll get into all of the things off of a Vikings victory over the Packers. Back to 500. Judd is at U.S. Bank Stadium. Declan is uh, is taking all of your uh, requests to jump into the show here. This is the most fan-friendly and interactive show in Minnesota sports, and today it is a skull celebration with the Vikings knocking off the Packers. Uh, if you're watching us on the Purple Daily YouTube channel and a TCL TV, thank you for supporting us. TCL is one of the world's best-selling consumer electronics brands. They have a new lineup of award-winning TVs delivering the most entertainment with stunning resolution, all at an affordable cost. Enjoy more of the things you love with TCL. Let's go out to the stadium. Judd Zolgad, that was a blast of a football game. So many things. What is your main takeaway here before we turn it over to Vikings fans? Uh, my main takeaway is this, the offense for the most part, aside from a few um, decisions that I still don't get, but the offense rotated around the people that it should. Um, I do not have a problem with the near pick that was uh, fortunately for Kirk, for Kirk's case and the Vikings case uh, actually dropped by the Packers defensive back, but the deep shot for Jefferson late, I actually liked. Um, and I think we saw again that for the most part, if you throw the ball to Justin Jefferson um, deep down the field at crucial times, you are going to get more often than not the desired results. And that provides big plays. And that gives you the opportunity to win games like this based not on your defense. Cause I'm going to tell you right now, the defense sure as hell didn't win this football game. The offense did for the most part when the Vikings did that today. And Jefferson had another fantastic day catches up. 43, 56, 21, 23 yards um, that this this team can win football games based on that. Are they going to make mistakes? Absolutely. Are they going to get breaks at times? Absolutely. I don't care about that. What I care about is the fact that they are at least are approaching this in the right way. And this is how you win games. And Phil, you kid, but you're right. Um, if this offense realizes and they seem to now what what they have, not just a quarterback, but elsewhere as well. And you give them what approximately two thirteen to come back and win a football game. They can do it. Yeah, they can do it. So, amen. It took too long. I get all that, but you know, the last two Sundays we have seen what this offense can do. And if the defense falls flat, which today they certainly did in the second half, guess what? You can still beat Aaron Rodgers. You can still beat the Packers. You can still win football games. That's my takeaway. Uh, we need so so we have one mission statement on this show. It's we want the Vikings to win the Super Bowl before we die. We need a second one, or like the like the number one rule on the show is always throw the ball to Justin Jefferson, always, even if he's double covered. He might he might catch the ball. He might draw a thirty seven yard defensive pass interference, or maybe the the pressure is just too much for the defensive backs to actually. Uh, uh, what do they call it when you, you uh, survive the ground is, I guess, what happened there to Savage on that play. He failed to survive the ground. Uh, Dex, what was your main takeaway from this game real quick? As I get my uh, whiteboard out, as I do now for every win, it's very simple. So I can make myself full screen. Respect in my terrible handwriting. Respect uh, for having the audacity to continue to target Justin Jefferson, to continue to take deep shots down the field. 
I mean, he throws that ball, and it looks like it's intercepted. The game's over, but Kirk still had a chance to throw the ball down the field and wasn't afraid to do so, something we've been asking him to do um, for pretty much the, his entire tenure here in purple. And even though it's risky, it's risky business, it's easier to, to hand the ball off and run second and long and run screen plays and do check downs and do the things that Kirk's always done. They, they had the fortitude and, and the will to actually push the ball down the field, even in situations where, I mean, if they're tied, they don't have to go for that shot right there in that, in that near-missed uh, interception. They continue to put the ball down the field. Good things happen when you put it, put it down the field and trust Justin Jefferson. So respect. That's my, that's my main takeaway from this game. I think my biggest takeaway here is this team looks better than 5-5. Five and five. It feels like it should be better when you look at the roster than 5-5. Five and five. They've shot themselves in the foot so many times this season. Um, but when I watch them for three hours against the Packers, and I get that the Packers are missing, like David Bakhtiari you know, makes a huge difference, and uh, they, were, they were without Aaron Jones today. So I get that this wasn't like a full-strength Packers team, but if I didn't know what these two teams' record was, I would have said this is an evenly matched game that probably actually skews toward Vikings, which makes sense because the Vikings are playing at home. But I don't I don't look at this and say, oh, one of these teams is below five hundred and the other one is what, eight and two coming in here. The Vikings looked better than the Packers today. And I, I don't think it should be surprising because like their record should have been better than four and five coming in it today, if not for some uh just some heart wrenching and inexplicable losses. But the other thing too, Kirk Cousins, who's having the best season of his career statistically, uh, I think just situationally, he's not turning the ball over as often as previous seasons. He outdueled Aaron Rodgers today, and he responded when the when the Vikings got up by two touchdowns. I hope that people didn't just think, "Well, there it is, like that should be the game." Like, no, Aaron Rodgers was always going to come back, throw some punches himself, and and for Kirk, two different times: once when they trailed, and then once when it was tied at the very end. Thielen and Jefferson, Thielen and Jefferson. Uh, props to him. And KJ Osborne had a couple nice plays mixed in there too. But Kirk outdueled Rodgers. The Vikings looked better than the Packers today. And the schedule isn't easy going forward, but there are some very winnable games on the horizon. You got the Bears twice. You got the Lions. San Francisco looked great last week, but um, a lot to love about that win today here, boys. What, what was, the, the stadium sounded ridiculously loud on TV today, Judd. It, it was, uh, and no surprise, lots of Packer fans here too. And, and so that, and so when they thought that, that they had the pick. There were a lot of, you know, let's go Packer chants. And I thought, we're going to have some fights here. Um, but, yeah, this is, I mean, this is the formula, though. Like, this is the formula that, we, that fans have been talking about for weeks now. This is not hard. Like, this is not a, oh, man, I didn't see this. Man, this is a great thought process. This, Justin Jefferson, to put this as clearly as possible, Justin Jefferson is to the Vikings and Kirk Cousins is to, to the team as the Cunningham-Moss connection was. Randall Cunningham didn't have this unbelievable year. He was smart, and they said, we're going to take advantage. Think about the pass, the passes that, Je- that Justin caught today. Um, they were fine passes, but he's also catching passes that I, I would say the majority of guys in this league can't catch. Um, and so the thing is, and, and I go back to this word, you just have to empower Kirk to be like, dude, you're going to throw some picks. It's going to be unfortunate. That's too bad. But we need you to focus in on this guy, which is why when they did. So the only drive that absolutely got got me was that um, late first half drive before the Packers scored a touchdown. When they went five-yard pass to Thielen, four-yard run for Cook, one-yard run for Ham. Yep. And I'm like, this totally flies in the face of what you're doing right now. Mm-hmm. 
you know, don't do like take that play out of your playbook. Make the th- if you're going to fail on third and one, make it because you took a shot. Uh, speaking of taking shots here, Nick Olson noted Vikings blogger Nick Olson. Kirk Cousins finishes with an average depth of target of 11 yards per throw in this game. There you go. Which is the highest single game average that he's had in over a full calendar year. So he came in with like the third lowest average depth per throw in the NFL. And it was like six or six and a half yards somewhere in there. Uh, So 11 yards per, per throw is about twice as much as his season average. And it was pretty, I think it was like 8.5 or something last week against the Chargers. So driving the ball downfield. And he definitely, there was a couple passes that probably should have been picked off that weren't. One that got called back because one that did get picked off. And that was more of a miscommunication than like, you know, him throwing into double coverage. Um, and then the the one that also should have been picked off by Savage if he would have survived the ground. But I'm fine with it. I'm fine with it. Go down swinging, man. Go down swinging, throwing the ball to Justin Jefferson. So. Um, here's how you guys can get on the show. Email us at vikingsventline at gmail.com. We have a full green room, so to speak, right now. But uh, let's fire it up here. This is Vikings Ventline, part of the Purple Daily Umbrella of Daily Vikings Entertainment. Mackie Judd, our executive producer, Declan. Who is first off the bat here, Dex? All right. We're going we're gonna to take an audible here, and we're going we're gonna to go actually out to PA. Uh, Pennsylvania, that is. Oh, Bob. I was like, what? what's Bob, happening right now? Okay. Bob in Pennsylvania. <laughs> what's up, guys? Bob in a hot tub. Hey. Yes. Hey, I'm just setting up shop here. I'm just setting up shop here. I got my uh, victory drink. a boy. All right. I want to uh, continue the theme. Um, we're still seeing the light. Are you guys ready? Yes. Is that there a beautiful go. thing or what? Here it is. Look okay, at Bob, this. Is Bob going to go? Is Bob going to go streaking no, on camera at, right now? No, look at that. I don't know. Here if it we, is, what, right here. Here what, it is. What are we looking for? We're looking for the oh, light. Wait, hold on. Here. We go. Oh, okay. Here we go. Oh, I, the uh, there we the go. Light. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Okay. There's the light. Okay. That light. It's a little cloudy, Bob. It's a little cloudy out there. It's beautiful there in Pennsylvania. And the light. The light is. The fact that throwing the ball on first down, deep down the field, taking shots, throwing the ball on third down when it's third and one to score the game-tying touchdown, throwing the ball when the team leading the division, 8-2 and two winning team, is not ready for it, and you have the weapons to – defeat the opponent, and win a game like that. We've been waiting for this for years. I've been sick and tired of on a third and one. You know, you hand it to your fullback or pitch it to your fullback, and, you know, it's game over. The Packers go home with a win. But this time, this day, we got the win because we played this game with conviction, and that's how beat a winning team. Bob, you son of a gun. You just said it. 100%. 100%. That's Bob in Pennsylvania in a hot tub. Yeah. Give me a skull chant there. Yes. Bob, we love you. One of the OGs of Vikings Vent Line. Bob in Pennsylvania. I don't know if Bob had trunks on there or if he was just right. like full celebration mode. Hope. 
God, yeah. I, he might. Oh, I think he no, had a just he had, just an I, empty can of Surly no, covering. Yeah, I hope he had trunks on, man. Yeah. Don't oh tell God. me. <laughs> All right, who's next here? Who has to follow that? Elden, oh no, oh, yeah, Elden I does. Have to that. <laughs> well, I'm I'm calling from the land of cheese again, and hold your I, head high today. Yeah, well. Actually, a couple guys had to back out of the chat because they said, oh, suck it, Vikings, after that pick that wasn't a pick. And they didn't like when I said that's why Darnell Savage isn't a wide receiver. Yeah. He can't catch. But, you know, the Vikings played like they were the 8-2 and two team, which, where's that been all season? Did somebody, did Zimmer hit his head up bye week and somebody say, all right, I can throw to Jefferson now, but we still have to get that one third down run to CJ Ham, which I'm fine with if they're going for it on fourth down. That's okay. If you're going to go for it on fourth and one, yeah, see what Ham can get you. Otherwise, that's like a second and one play, not that we're going to punt and then give the Packers a chance to score right before the half. Also, time to buy a lotto ticket. The Vikings made a clutch kick to win a game. And, you know, and the, before the clutch kick, too, how about, and, and I think Dalvin Cook was the one that sort of started this, but because Dalvin Cook probably could have scored a touchdown and he but winds he up sliding. He just no told time. the media he told the media after the game that he did it because he didn't want them to give the ball back to Aaron Rodgers. And then he thought, well they'll probably run it again and then the Packers will just allow the Vikings to score. But the Vikings wisely saw that coming and took a knee. It was it was the Zimmer won the chess match in the final five minute. It was a five minute drill. And, well, they, and it helped to let the Packers just score on that first on that drive for the two minutes. Be like, okay, genius. We'll just let him go. <laughs> exactly. And that probably wasn't planned, but it worked. If Scantling goes down and they eat more clock, we might have a different conversation. Eldon, great stuff, man. Hold your head high in enemy territory today and oh, go yeah, go taunt every Packer fan friend and family member that you have within a fifty mile radius. That's right. Text all of them. Tell them they all Let smell like know. cheese. Let them know. And actually, the Packers' biggest mistake was not allowing Thielen to score. When he caught that ball, mm-hmm. he was going to score and got tackled. They should have let him score. That's a tough one in that, that moment. That would have provided a lot of time. Oh, yeah, it's very tough. But to I'm think saying about in, that on the fly is hard. In but... retrospect, in retrospect, if you get beat there and you, you've got 12 on your sideline, you're probably better off to have him score the touchdown and then try and because there's time and timeouts to come back then. That's another one too where like that ball could have been picked, but but he whizzes it right. I mean the the defensive back wasn't watching the ball, and so he I mean that was a that was an Aaron Rodgers throw, just whizzes it right by the ear hole of of a, an unsuspecting defensive back, and Thielen takes it and does the rest. Uh, the final numbers on Thielen and Jefferson. Jefferson had 100 yards in the first quarter, by the way, and then had nothing in the second quarter, and that was frustrating. Uh, but he did have the, the big defensive pass interference drawn. But Jefferson goes for eight catches, a buck 69, two touchdowns, 21 yards per reception in this one, and two catches over 40 yards. And uh, Adam Thielen had eight catches for 82 yards and a touchdown. They were targeted 20 times combined on the 35 pass attempts by Kirk Cousins. I think we can all... Get behind that percentage, that ratio, if you will. Uh, all right, well, who's next here? Vikings vent line next. Hey, you guys. Akuni, what's going on, man? I think Dex oh, might have fr- no, Dex is there. Okay, there. Appreciate that. How we doing, Akuni? I'm doing all right. I, I just want to start off by saying, uh, Justin Jefferson, we have found our new Randy Moss. Finally, after all these years, he is an absolute superstar. We are lucky to get to watch him every week. And I also want to say we need to thank the Lord that Darno Savage dropped that pick 
because I'm telling you, my heart dropped all the way down to my butt. I'm telling you, I was like, <laughs> oh, no, we did it again. But can I just like rant for a little bit? Sure. Where has this been all year? We are five and five. Okay. Best 500 team out there. Yeah. Awesome. But where has this been all year? Like Justin Jefferson, it was like a rookie and we didn't know what we, what we had in them. Like, why haven't we done this all year? We should be better than five and five. I just don't understand why now when we have our backs against the wall and we're three and five and four and five, like why now the scheming has been a lot better. Kirk Cousins is being a lot more aggressive. Justin Jefferson is finally getting the chance to show off what he can do. Like where has, why couldn't we have done this earlier in the year? We would be eight and two, eight and three. We played like it today, but I mean, come on. They better do this for the rest of the year because like you've shown that you can do it against the best teams out there. So from now on, this is what we should see every week because it's just ridiculous that we are five and five right now with this amazing skills skill set of skill players that we have and Kirk Cousins can throw any ball you need him to like I just don't understand why we are five and five right now yeah the, the answer, great stuff man the answer to the question is really simple because this type of football flies in the face of what the head coach wants to do he's now being forced to like his job it's his job and so so like you can embrace the skills of your team which is Cousins and Jefferson and Cook the offense or you can continue to say, well, that defense is still good, which, by the way, it's really not. So, so your choice is get fired for sure or embrace what can actually win you football games, which isn't really what you like or pride yourself on. That's why. Like, like I mean, this, as frustrating as that question is, and it's a legit question and it drives us all crazy, the answer is very simple. Mike Zimmer does not enjoy this style of football. It's just 2021 now. But what's kind of crazy is he's prided himself for two decades on being this like innovative and aggressive defensive play caller, right? He'll, you know, he's the first play of the game. The Vikings, the Vikings brought a sub package of like heavy on the safeties, basically, right? It was Cam Bynum and Xavier Woods at safety, and now they got torched on that on that play because I think Devontae Adams went for like forty yards, but. You know, exotic looks, double A gap, sending pressure, aggressiveness as, you know, I would say calculated aggression on defense. And if he were to just think more along those lines offensively, like he has the last couple of weeks, you know, I'm not saying just be blindly aggressive all the time, but calculated aggression should be what they strive for offensively. And uh, outside of a couple little nitpicky things here, you know, the CJ Ham toss on third down or whatever, like, this is CJ Ham is one of like four fullbacks left in the NFL. I get that the Vikings like to use a fullback, but anytime you're leaning toward a CJ Ham pass or a CJ Ham run, replace it with Dalvin, replace it with Thielen or somebody else. Uh, who's next here on Vikings Vent Line Dex and where are they from? Let's go to Bo. Bo, where are you calling from, man? How are you? Uh, I'm in Shakopee, Minnesota, so I'm all here with you guys. Can you hear me? Yeah, yeah man. What's you. up, Bo? Hey, how you guys doing? Thank you guys for having me. I really, really appreciate it. Love what you guys do. Um, I just wanted to start off by saying I got it. We got to give credit here to Kubiak. I thought he, uh, he, he called a really, really good game. You know, despite you know some of the games before, I think he's been doing pretty good. Um, obviously with the Panthers, um, last game, these are some been some pretty good defenses. Now the Packers aren't you know a, a bad defense by by no means. So 
I think we got to give uh, him, him a little bit of credit. Obviously, we know what our offense is capable of. So, I mean, obviously, we have to get these guys the ball. Um, I just want to uh, look on the other hand, though. I, th- I think th- this is the reason why we look at wanting Zimmer to be fired, just because I don't know how many times it, it was. I mean, there was, it was second and long. Um, they started out with so many, I mean, few penalties with, with first down. And after that, they were getting chunk yards. You know what I mean? 10, 15 yards after, after those plays. And it's just like, man, what are they – what are they doing? So I think that has to be, has to be looked at. He really has to kind of look at himself uh, in the mirror and we have, we have to get that figured out. But two things I want to leave you guys with, with just a question. One, do you think um, uh, Cook is, is a little bit timid? I feel like that, that play before the, um, the halftime, we, he could have gotten a first down. He, he jumped out of bounds. I felt like if he would have just given a little bit more effort, we could have gotten that first down. We wouldn't, we wouldn't have had to have gone to him on that pitch. Um, so do you guys think he's playing a little bit timid? Is it is just the, what's going on or he's just, he's just not trying to be hurt. And then second of all, um, if you were, if, if you were to choose, if you can get this type of Kirk, if you can get this play style of Kirk for the next two, three years, are you guys extending them? Uh, thanks guys. Hey, hang it. on, hang on, Bo, hang on for a second. I love that. I love the second question, especially because after a game like today, it's like, wow, if you could just, if you could get that Kirk and I love it enough to where you are the vent of the night here presented oh. by Surly Brewing <laughs> Company. Uh, so you're going to get a night for four people to the Surly Beer Hall, two appetizers for the table, four entrees for the table, and uh, three beers per person. And the Surly Beer uh, Beer Hall for the audience is just a blast. They also have uh, the, the Surly Pizza Spot upstairs, too. Um, so if you're looking for 30 beers on draft, Judd's flagship favorite, Furious, and everything to like experimental and vintage beers, uh, and amazing food. The Surly Beer Hall is back. And so, Bo, you are the winner tonight of the Thank you, uh, man. Appreciate it, guys. I'll try to awesome. be back. Awesome, Thank you. Man. All right. Thank you. J- Judd, um, what are your thoughts on – I don't know if, if Cook is timid. I think he's still hurt. I, I That's think what I was going to say. That ankle, I think, has been hurt, and he's trying to play, which is a credit to him. Uh, but if you watch him run, there is no question – he's missing that cut. Like he's got another cut that when he's at his best, he definitely can put his foot in the ground and move. And that's Mm -hmm. not there. So I think he's hurt. I don't think he's like purposely trying not to get hurt. I think he is hurt and he's trying to to play because he's still their best back hurt. Um, As far as the Kirk question goes, that's a really interesting one. And that depends on one thing. Now for me, I need to know who the coach is going to be. Uh, if you're going to bring Mike back, then no, I'm not. I'm not going down this path again because I just don't feel that Mike is the right coach for this quarterback. He has been of late, but it's only because he's being forced to. I don't think Mike is back, which now leads to the question of, okay, who is going to coach Kirk? And that, to me, is very much the question of – because if you bring Kirk back, you're extending him. You're not going to bring Kirk back on this contract. So it's not going to be like, well, if it doesn't work out in 2022, uh, he's gone. You're going to extend him again to flatten that cap hit out. So I need to know who the coach is going to be before I make a decision. And does that coach have another style and another quarterback he wants, or does the Kirk skill set and sort of the handholding that needs to go on with Kirk fit this coach? I'm very comfortable after the last couple of games. I I'm comfortable adjusting my opinion as we go along here, because what we have seen and the stats bear it out, the, just the rhetoric you're hearing from, the coaching staff to the players to the receivers, you know, Kirk Cousins. It's it's a different approach the last couple of weeks. I love it. I love the fact that they're trying to maximize the upside of this offense. And if you look now 
I think the conversation, like the Vikings are sitting in this mud pile of five win teams in the NFC. Uh, it's going to depend on the, how things sort of shake out here, but uh, like the Panthers are five and six, Eagles five and six now after they won today, Niners are five and five, Saints are five and five after two straight losses. Vikings currently, because of tiebreakers, are sitting at the as the uh, sixth seed in the NFC. And so if they were to play a playoff game this week, they would play the Green Bay Packers at Lambeau Field. Um, if they somehow were to move down to the seventh seed, then they would be matched up against the Cowboys, who are the two seed right now. So I bring this up to say I want to know where are they at going into the playoffs. I think this win doesn't guarantee playoffs, but this win puts them in prime playoff position with some winnable games on the schedule. You can get to eight wins by just beating the Bears twice and the Lions. And then you got a home game against the Steelers. You got that game against San Francisco next week that's going to be tough. Uh, the game against the Rams. But I think if you can if you can look like this in a couple playoff games and get back to the NFC Championship game, like th- that's that's an open possibility. This roster is talented enough. They have shown some great coaching staff adjustments the last couple weeks. So I'm going to withhold my opinion on the future of Kirk Cousins and Mike Zimmer and even Clint Kubiak until we see another game next week, until we see the next month play out, and until we see a playoff game or two play out. That's kind of where I'm at with it. Um, all right, who's next? Vikings Vent Line presented by Surly. Let's go to Charlie. Charlie, what's up, man? Hey, guys, I'm back hey. again. What's uh, up, Charlie? From, uh, been a bit because... Yeah, been a bit because I've been studying here at Mankato. So, yeah, yeah. Um, So, after watching this game, I'm still recovering from the 10 heart attacks I've had. So, (laughs) pretty much. Um, I will say, in terms of the game, I thought it was very good. It's probably one of their their best. It is probably their best game they've played this entire season so far. Or at least from what I've seen mostly. Mostly. Um, and I kind of do agree with what you said previously. I'm not really judging like uh, Zimmer yet, yet until like the end of the season and these next few games coming up. But I'm leaning more towards possibly having him go just because, like, the play calling is still like, what are you doing, man? Man runs on like third and long, fourth and long, or like second and long and third and long, long. And then, uh, pretty much like Cousins is. Cousins good. Like I'd say this is probably his best year with the Vikings. Vikings as well, like people have said before. I'd say my biggest thing is like and I know people are kind of on the fence is status of Spielman. I actually would make the argument for keeping him at least another year cuz a free agency he's never been good with, which is fine, but his drafting of talent has been incredible so far. Just because we see Derisaw, he's been excellent. Kenne, he's been excellent. Like Jefferson's been excellent. Like he hasn't really had a bad draft class. Like he's had a couple guys who have fallen here and there, but he hasn't had like one bad, entirely bad draft class. So that's kind of where I am in terms of the statuses of each person of, of sort of like the big three right now: Zimmer, Cousins, and Spielman. Sure. No, Charlie. I, I would say, and thanks for coming on, Charlie. Great stuff. And uh, yeah, just no. keep keep up your studies there at Minnesota State. Declan loves Minnesota Purple State. Cows. Yep. Purple cows. The Harvard of Blue Earth County, the Princeton of Stearns <laughs> County. You know, we love to trade jabs there a little bit. It's fine. Um, I think I think the biggest beef with, with Spielman is first-rounders. I mean, Justin Jefferson obviously has panned out, but one of his first-rounders today was Garrett Bradbury sitting on the bench. Mason Cole got this. Now, Mason Cole got shoved around a couple times today. I'm, I'm curious to see what the, the PFF grade says on him tomorrow. 
but that's also a really tough defensive line in general. So um, I don't know. What do you guys like? Rick Spielman, any strong thoughts on him right now, just based on what we've seen this season? I need to find a quarterback and I don't trust him to be that guy. Um, Here's what I think. I think the personnel, I I think there's personnel on this team as, as Zim talks. Um, The personnel on this team is absolutely in some areas, top notch. And I think if you took these jobs to market, you would have some really good people like, oh, my God, I can work in that facility in this stadium with this team. Like, think about this, you guys. We are so today's game was a lot of fun and the Vikings won. And that's great. And they did a lot of things offensively that they should do. But think about this. To a football savant, they are scratching the surface like they are finger painting right now. Think about if you got an offensive guy in and said, okay, what else can we do here? Like, like we don't even think of this stuff. Like, it, it's above us. But, like, there are Let's things. Let's get rid of the fullback and yeah, see Yeah, right. Well, but, I mean, and think about the Jefferson <laughs> plays. And, and, like, they are literally scratching the surface here. Can you imagine if, if you had a GM coach tandem that was on top of the offensive play calling, had a good enough defense to get by which is what you need now and furthermore had like a gm who could find quarterbacks yeah i'm not saying that's simple but that's that's my goal if i'm the will so my god you i mean you'd be working you're sitting on a goal line here the offense should look like this all the time you shouldn't have games like the browns game you shouldn't have halves where you just disappear like the lions game i mean you should you opposing teams should be tapping out because of how impossible it should be to guard all of your weapons. I mean, Dalvin, Thielen, and Jefferson okay. are three of the best in the NFL at their position. I'll give you one. I'll give you the perfect example today on, on the third down and one that ends with a pitch to Ham. How is that not a drive where you say, we're going to score? Like, we're going to score for sure. Like, at that point, you're daggering them. They're will that, to play. That felt like a driver was like, oh, we got, I think that was after the, the interception that got called back. Yes. Because of the 15-yard penalty, it kind of felt like a driver was like, oh, let's just let's not get too crazy here. You know, right. And to me, that was a drive to dagger them and take away their will to play. Because yeah. they I were saw, very close to, to that, and they got a lot of momentum back through that third and one not working. I saw the, the comment that was up there just a second ago from Blazing Perp Heels. Mackie, you scared to stand on an opinion. Keep talking. Your uh, Kirk. I don't. I don't uh, Kirk makes too much money. Hate back and forth. It's not really coherent. Um, but he's saying, have an opinion about Kirk. Guy, this must be your first time watching the show or listening to the show. And I and thank you, by the way, because now you're part of the family. You're part of the community here. My macro opinion, my big picture opinion of Kirk is that he doesn't, he doesn't affect winning enough as a leader and as a dynamic quarterback to be the second highest paid player in the NFL to the salary cap. And because he makes so much money, it's hard for the Vikings to put together a complete roster. He doesn't elevate the roster like other top quarterbacks do. Russell Wilson is like the glue that holds the Seahawks together. When he goes away, they just lose, 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 right? Um, Kirk is wonderful when given great protection and great weapons, but he's not the driving force for winning football games. There's a reason why his teams over 110 career starts are, are I think, exactly 500. So that's my macro opinion of Kirk. Now, zoom into the micro. What we've seen here this season and the last couple of games, he deserves a ton of credit. And today, all right, defense running out of gas. Defense is banged up. Packers march down the field, take a lead. Kirk, we need you. Boom. Kirk responds back. Oh, Packers hit a home run play to tie the game. Kirk, we need you again. He responds. 
He has responded in those situations late in the fourth quarter and overtime much better this season than really any other season in his career. And he deserves credit for those things. And I want to see the rest of the season play out before I sit here and say they should or shouldn't look to extend him, right? Generally speaking, he ain't the guy. But let's watch the season play out. That's where I'm at with this. Right. And and just quick, Kirk is the type of guy, and this is fine, but Kirk is the type of guy who needs to he, – he's a really good chef if you go and get the ingredients and bring them home and are like, Kirk, we're going to give you these. So, like, if you're like, hey, Kirk, go buy the ingredients, go do this, he struggles. And that's why – the frustration here and it's right is is the fact that the ingredient here starts with justin jefferson mm-hmm. and he's he is now allowed to throw ran uh randall cunningham balls to moss that, that's what that was today you guys that was the same exact thing um and it's not that i'm taking anything away from kirk cousins but what i am saying is the empowerment needs to be there so he can't say well i wasn't really told to right he threw that pick and what did they do the very next play they came back with a pass play that was incredibly important and and that wasn't kirk that was okay we're gonna still trust you that's that trust factor is so important and that's why i go back to what would happen if kirk had a coach and a coordinator who were like here's what we're gonna do for you all the time that's why i'm curious about that all right who's next here on vikings vent line declan yeah, let's let's see if he'll turn his camera oh, on. Hey, Exile to Cheeseland. What's up, buddy? We're excited. Okay, so uh, couple kids. Couple yeah, we got uh, we got watched the game. We're here in uh, Madison area. Um, general thoughts about the game? Uh, we thought we've seen this show before, where uh, it's just three and out, three and out, lose the fourth quarter, and happy to see Kirk respond. Happy to see Kirk throw the football to Justin a lot more. Um, it's it's tough, though, being here in, che- mm-hmm. in Cheeseland. My wife's a Packers fan, mm. so I uh, might be sleeping on the couch tonight. <laughs> Wait, you uh, or her? <laughs> yeah, which one? Yeah, but I, but I managed to convert two of the kids to Vikings fans. Love it, dude. Love it. Yeah, so, my, so, are, so are all of your kids Vikings fans? How'd you win that battle? Uh, well, um, I don't know. I think I just... They saw felt bad for me because every Sunday was like, <laughs> "Why is Dad just crying in the corner in the fetal position?" Oh, <laughs> exactly, exactly. My but my son, he he actually had a question for you guys. Oh yeah, about going to school tomorrow because he gets he has this question a lot. Okay, going to school in Packerland. What's your question, buddy? Uh, I forgot. Well, <laughs> his question was, "What does he say to all his friends when?" They say how many how many Super Bowl trophies you got in the case. Here's what you say. All right, we're gonna fire up some. We're gonna fire up a sound effect here for you. You stare at them, oh. and you do the skull chant. <laughs> <laughs> Don't even need to say anything. <laughs> Just stare back. And by the way, like half those championships are from like 55 years ago. All right, I mean we're getting to the point now where. The Gopher football team has a national championship, like right. around that time. So let's. Uh, yeah, that's true. Let's pump the bait. I get it, Packers. You got a bunch of Lombardies from the '60s, but let's pump the brakes. Yeah, just stare at them and do the skull chant. That's all you got to do. There you go, buddy. All right, awesome. Exiled to Cheeseland. Thanks. Thanks, Thanks for coming man. on, man. Appreciate it. I love it. His poor wife has to put up with. I mean, good. That's what she deserves for being a Packers. No, they're in Madison though too. So he is. He he, he's he's gutsy, man. Yeah, he's very gutsy. That is right in the heart of it too. Badgers, Packers. Who's next? Let's go. uh, Let's go out to the coast. Let's go to Cali. 
Cali Viking, what's up, man? You are on Vikings Vent Line. Oh, what's up, brothers, man? Great game. Oh, the aggressiveness of Zimmer kept the same pace. If you guys would look and see, of course, you guys know. Man, kept going after it, especially after uh, Kirk Cousins might have had an interception or a fumble. It doesn't matter. He's done, done both of those things. And he still kept going and kept going, even to the damn end, man. That, this is just a beautiful thing, man. That's all I got to say, brother. Kept going aggressive. That's it. All right. Cali Viking, thanks for jumping on, man. It. Appreciate it. I'm trying to find – I'll get this here shortly, but I'm curious to see – where this game ranks uh, statistically. So Kirk went for 341, three touchdowns, and just under 10 yards per attempt. He's had a lot of games, you know, a lot of 300, two, three touchdown type games in his career as a Viking, but I think this is one of the three or four best games we've seen from him statistically. But I'll yeah, verify probably. that. Yeah. All right. All right. Who's next? Let's do it. Let's, uh, let's go to Cameron. Cameron, what's up, man? Hey, I'm like his vent line. Where are you calling from? Calling from the East Coast in uh, Southern New Jersey, so you got okay. some things out here as well. I'm kind of upset I missed the uh, the Baltimore game, but I guess I'm not too upset I missed it. Um, I kind of have three points here. Uh, one I'm really going to hit on you, Judd. The first one, Zimmer, where's your defense at, man? You know, everything's about defense, defense, defense. Looks like the offense showed up today and, you know, got us the win. I mean, coverage down the field was kind of garbage. You know, the only thing that really was a saving grace, I mean, even going to the kicker. You know, who saved your, you know, who saved the win this game? Uh, secondly, um, you know, Judd, I want to apologize. Uh, the past couple of times I watch a podcast, I watch every day going to work every morning. Thank I you. Think you guys, I think you guys gloat on Justin Jefferson for the longest time. You know, I thought he was good. You know, I didn't think he was like top receiver in the league. I thought he wasn't being used. But, you know, last game was like, man, he really had a great game. You know, what luck. This game, two games in a row. It's not luck anymore. He's just that good a receiver. So, you know, big shout out to you for, you know, drilling that in. It's a big, big point. You know, we have such a good tool between Thielen and, and uh, Jefferson. They're such great tools. We need to use them. And, you know, look, now we have two wins in a row. You know, Jefferson's over what, over 10 targets a game? Big point. And the last thing that I want to hear you guys respond on is, you know, who do we give this congrats to? You know, Kirk Cousins almost threw multiple interceptions. I had a, almost had a fumble where we lost the possession of the ball. Um, you know, they still had the waivers to keep going. You know, they still kept going. They still kept pushing. They were still aggressive. They didn't go to their conservative nature. You know, who deserved the shot of here? Is it Kirk? Is it Zim? Is it Kubiak? You know, who, who really stepped up and said, hey, let's keep putting the, uh, you know, put to the gas. Let's keep pushing. Let's keep going. Instead of taking that step back and, you know, ultimately causing us a loss that we may have had if we did take that step back. Yeah, I I think it's the whole team. I I think it's the entire team. I think it's Zimmer. I think it's Kirk. I think it's Kubiak. I think it's the whole team. And and here's why. The Vikings, no matter how much we want to look at their bad start and say, oh, man, did they get unlucky? No, they didn't. They beat themselves because how? what did they do? They got conservative at at every turn, and they sabotaged themselves because in sports, the more conservative that you get, the worse things are going to go, and you're not going to get luck. So, yes, there, there were mistakes made today. They got they got what we could call in air quotes lucky, but they also remained aggressive, which meant that they continue to capitalize on things. And so the difference is bad teams beat themselves by going conservative. Good teams uh, win games by keeping their foot on the gas, even if they get a bit scared by things. So I'm going to give credit to the entire team for doing something 
really the past two games, and especially today, that is the very reason why they lost games earlier. They went, they did the opposite today. And, and yes, we can point to a lot of things where, man, if that had gone wrong, but guess what? It didn't, it didn't go wrong. It didn't go wrong. Why? Because you continued to be aggressive, which I really applaud. Yeah. I would say, you know, just quick little pie chart of praise within <laughs> that line here. I think, Zimmer and Kubiak do deserve I, – it, it was frustrating that those guys couldn't figure it out early in the season, just how to better distribute to your best weapons. But they did some self-scouting, so to speak, and they figured out, okay, this is what needs to happen. Maybe they got. Maybe there was some pressure applied from front office. I guess we'll never fully know. Uh, but I would say the guy with the ball in his hands for three hours deserves the most credit because ultimately it's up to him. Yeah, like there's design plays and there's – you know, you're going to go through your progressions and um, there's 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 certain things that are going to be like you're just going to have to gravitate toward because of scheme and play call. But like ultimately, he's the one that dictates 10 targets to Justin Jefferson. Kirk Cousins does. Mm-hmm. And this was by my account here on Pro Football Reference. This was only the fourth time in his career that he's thrown for at least 340 yards, multiple touchdowns, no interceptions and 10 yards per attempt or more throughout the course of a game. Yeah. Uh, one of those was with Washington back in 2017. They're, and the other two, uh, there's, uh, the Rams game in 2018. And then uh, uh, there was another one for, uh, for Washington in 2006. So the second time as a Viking yep. that he's had a game like this with those stats. There is no question now, too, that, that what we talked about after the Chargers game has to be true. Andrew Ginoco, the quarterback's coach, is 1,000% helping call plays. Look at the motion now. Like, look at – things are different. Like, they are doing things. It's not just more shots. They're motioning Jefferson out at times. In, in, in fact, the first touchdown, oh, the, the touchdown that Jefferson pass. caught, he was in the backfield. And the brilliant. Packers had no idea. Like, like, I looked at that, and I'm like, what the hell? And, and then he caught the pass. The Packers had no idea what to do there. There is help here. Like, they're the, – this is not Kubiak is not. Wait, so God. is is Jonico or Janoko? Is he just like this? Is he just some sort of hidden weapon play designer that they've unleashed? Clint. I think like Clint what? was. I think Clint was <laughs> overwhelmed. I really do. I, his play calling was was for once you get out of the scripted plays, putrid. So I think yeah. he. I think they finally said we have to get you help. The other key play that I'd like to bring up that I think is an indication of how much things have changed these past two games, especially early today in, in the game in the first quarter. The, um, Kirk locked onto Jefferson, and it was really, really clear it was part of find 18, like just find 18. He locked on Jefferson, and this is what happens, flashed open and then was covered. Cousins freaked out and started to go to his second read, which I think was Thielen, and got sacked, okay? And I thought to myself, that's not good because, like, that's, an, that's what Kirk does. After that, he cleaned it up and started just making the throws. Mm-hmm. And that is so important. Like, you can't be like – Jefferson might be covered a little bit. I can't throw to him. No, if you're going to throw to him, throw to him. Mm-hmm. And and I really think that that was the only glaring example of like, what are you doing? And then it got, and, and that's the type of thing that Phil a month back would not have been cleaned up. No it's way. also kind of amazing. Like all of the, all of the color commentators and play-by-play combinations we've seen this year have made some sort of like couched reference to how overwhelmed the Clint Kubiak seems. And I don't know if they're, I know they get access to a lot of different people in the coach and different players. Like they talked to Justin Jefferson this week on a Zoom call, they said. And I don't know if they talked to Kubiak, but at one point, Greg Olson mentioned, yeah, you know, a lot of these, you know, because he had, um, uh, what's Norv Turner's son's name? Scott Turner. Scott Turner. So Scott Turner was a play caller for him at one point. And he said, yeah, you know, with 
A lot of these guys who are sons of great play callers, you know, it's really tough for them because everything they've learned is from their dad, but they're also trying to figure out a way to put their own spin on what they see. And, you know, it, was, it wasn't just him making an observation. It was very much like this is a thing that Clint Kubiak is trying to figure out who he is as a play caller. He's 34 years old. He was at Kansas five years ago, you know, so it was risky and still remains risky that he is put in this sort of training wheels. Training wheels are off for the first time situation in a, in a win now season, but uh, it worked today, obviously. So, all right, let's get to our next guest here on Vikings. Let's go to Keenan. I also think Janoko is just Judd. It's just actually Judd with Janoko's face inside. Yeah. Of it. That's actually what it is. It's a Judd's the one that's pulling the strings and yeah. making the play calls. Yes. Nice, what's up? Keenan, what's, what's up, up, man? Keenan? Welcome to Ventland. Where are you calling from? Uh, Sartell, Minnesota. Awesome, Boom. man. Dude, first off, huge fans of you guys. Just want to tell you that. Thanks, Keenan. Um, first thing I want to start with, Jefferson today, lights out. Um, I don't know if you guys saw, but Kirk on the sideline today just seemed like more like involved and fired up. Like I've, I've never really seen him like that. Like He, he was ready to rage a couple times. Like yeah, He was, yeah, like he was fired up. I like seeing him fired up. Also, what are you guys' thoughts about Garrett Bradbury? Do you think that he will come back. I, I personally don't want to see him come back. Even though Mason Cole got wrecked today, I don't really want to see Garrett Bradbury back in there. Um, also, it's awesome to see that the Vikings are back in control of their destiny because I think that by far we are the best 500 team in the NFC. I think we have a very good shot at it, and I think that they got to go and get it. So I just want to hear your guys' thoughts on that. Should, stuff. We, should we steal one from Pardon My Take here? Let's do our 5-5 five and five team power rankings here. <laughs> So let's go. Let's let's include the five and six teams. So these are the five win teams in the NFC: Vikings, Saints, 49ers, Eagles, Panthers. Is there any question that the Vikings are the best five win team in the NFC? Not really, right? I mean, we'll find out next week against so. San Francisco, but yes, yeah, it's probably the Vikes. Yeah. Um, all right, great questions, Keenan. Thanks for Appreciate jumping you, on. Man. Thank you guys. Appreciate it. Uh, Bradbury, Judge. Yeah, the Vikings, um, to be extremely clear here, the Vikings do not have a center. They don't have one. Like, they're doing their best. It's their fault. Um, but but it's not like, put Bradbury back in now and see what he can do because Cole got thrown around by Clark. No, no, no. Their centers aren't good. I mean, Mason Cole, when he played center for the Cardinals, graded out really poorly. There's a reason why. He's bigger and against decent defensive tackles, doesn't get tossed around as much as Bradbury, but Kenny Clark, who's in your division, and and you're probably going to play him again, um, can manhandle either of those guys. So the takeaway is this. This offseason, go find one. Go find one, and if you have to pay him a little bit, pay him a little bit, it's worth it, especially if Kirk is going to still be your quarterback. Yeah, they probably – I haven't looked to see. Maybe our guy Tyler Fornis – from climbing the pocket can tell us if there's any, there's that Hawkeyes, the Hawkeyes. center for the Hawkeyes. The Iowa first center rounder. is a big time talent. Yeah. But I mean, Garrett Bradbury was supposed to be in, I mean, he was a first round talent too. So I think that guy's a hoss though. I think he's a big dude. Like you got to have a big dude. You can't have, Oh, it's a zone locker. Oh, any any a center hoss. from Iowa yeah. is just a hoss, dude. That's Absolutely. a great word. Hoss is a great word. Slappy is a great word. I, I think, <laughs> a... I think it guarantees that that fifth year option is for sure not being picked up. I mean, it was, it looked like, yeah, it was going to be the case for the better no. part of this season, but that fifth year option ain't, ain't getting picked up this spring. Here's what's going to happen. All right. First of all, zero chance that Garrett Bradbury can be your starting center next year. If he's on the roster, it has to be in sort of a swing role, right? They're going to, I the guarantee line. you, yeah, we're going to see stories at minicamp next year that Bradbury's working out at guard. And so he's going to be, he'll be like the sixth man off the bench for the offensive line next year. He'll be what Mason Cole has been this year. 
And make no mistake, like Mason Cole is not a long-term solution. He's just not as terrible as Garrett Bradbury, like Judd said. Although today he got shoved around quite a bit. We'll see what the see what the film says and the PFF say. Uh, real quick before we get to our next guest here, Judd, people are noticing Judd Zolgad looks like he's lost about twenty five pounds. How is he doing it? First of all, please play the breaking news sounder because I have breaking Uh-oh. news as of you, late last week, and I'm bra- unveiling breaking, it breaking for fat the first news here? time this time. Breaking Judd <laughs> fat news. Breaking fat news. Thanks to the folks at Livia Weight Control Centers, I am now down to two thirteen. 213. I am down to 213 from approximately 240 on my way to 200 pounds. And it has been for me as simple as possible. It is now the season to believe friends and family event. So join now, save 40% off the plan. Your first visit is free. Livia.com 855 go Livia. That's 855 go L I V E A or Livia.com. But yeah, we're down. uh, I think I'm down 26 plus pounds now. uh, And hopefully soon it will be. 30 and then before i know it i'll be at 200 and livia will help me maintain it livia.com love it and you don't have to wait till january 1st just get your, exactly. get your ass going right now yeah exactly right. and you can't still have a great time on thanksgiving yeah, i no. didn't wait yeah yeah you know no. what exactly. you're probably gonna have some good food on thanksgiving that's yep. okay that's right. bounce, bounce back right. the next day yeah. feel good on jan 1 instead instead of saying god i need to lose weight now lose it right now look good feel good play good that's right here on purple daily Damn. all right let's get to our next guest vikings vent line Let's go to Hunter. Hunter, what's up, dude? You are on Vikings Vent Line. Calling from your car, it looks like. Oh, you're you're uh, you're right. muted. There you go. There, there we you go. go. Thank you, singer. Uh, yeah, calling from my car. My roommates are upstairs in the apartment, so I'm just you know getting away from them, so I don't have to bother them with this. But um, I'm here in Logan, Utah. So I was born a Vikings fan. I the first year I can really remember was 2009 with Brett Favre, and that was fun. But anyways, thoughts about the game. Um. I thought that Xavier Woods played really, really bad. I thought he had a big struggle of a game, honestly. It just seemed like he was getting burned, like, left and right. And then same with Mason Cole. But another thought that I had, too, was on first and five, it's kind of a, there's a huge debate in our apartment about what the Vikings should have done. And I, I really liked, personally, that they took a shot on first and five when they got that false starter, or the 12 men on the field, that's what it was. But... Um, even though they threw a pick there, and I was, I thought they lost the game right there. I still like the decision and take a chance, especially on a first and five, because I think that's just a perfect opportunity to take a shot there. But. Mm-hmm. Yep, Hunter, we're losing the connection there a little bit, but um, so let me think here. So he's saying it was a first, and I'm trying to remember the the, the play yeah. sequence he's talking about. The the twelfth man in the huddle, which made it. Uh, five yards up four for the first down. Then Kirk throws what looked like that game-ending interception, game-sealing interception. That's right. The play comes back, but he's saying the willingness and the aggressiveness to continue to sh- put the ball down the field, which is something that he really hasn't done in his, his entire, basically his entire career. Because I, I, I understand the logic there. The game's tied. You don't have to push, shove the ball down the field at that moment. You don't necessarily have to do it, but they still were able to do it. And I think that I think it says a lot about where the offense is going. So I feel like when that because it looked like an interception before the commercial break hit, and then they mm-hmm. reviewed it, and you know they came back. But I was thinking that was a really bad pass. Yeah. But <laughs> how can I and we sit here for weeks and say, dude, it's okay. Like no one's going to destroy you for throwing interceptions. Like don't throw twenty of them. But you could throw some fifty-fifty balls to Justin Jefferson. It's like that happened to be a terrible pass in a key moment 
and they got lucky that he dropped it. But it's it's hard to say that for weeks and then all of a sudden be like, well, what's he doing on that play? Well, he's being aggressive. Yeah, and and let's talk about sports karma too because I feel like if that gets picked up, like if Kirk tries a check down and Dalvin tips it and it gets picked, it's like you deserve that, right? Like I feel like that pass was incomplete because the karma was, no, we're coming for you. But, like, I feel like you create your breaks. And that was a definite break. But I also applauded, you guys are are going for the dagger, like, which Mm -hmm. is what you should do. And I complain constantly that you don't. And so if that is a short pass and a typical Kirk, oh, my God, I got to get rid of the ball, and it's picked, I'm like, you guys deserve exactly what you're going to get. In that case, I say, no, good play call, good chance. Yes, it didn't work. Okay, cool. But you're doing the right thing. And I think you create breaks out of play calls like that, if that makes sense. Yeah. They also, yeah, like they deserve the defensive pass interference in the second quarter, too. You throw the ball up. That's that's an option that people don't think about often enough, right? Well, it could get intercepted. Well, it could be caught. And you also could get a defensive pass interference. And I thought the guy grabbed Jefferson for sure. Didn't you guys? Absolutely. Like he he freaked and grabbed him. It's like, okay, cool. Take that. The other one that I saw Packers fans were very mad about was the the 15-yard penalty interception on a on just a miscommunication oh, down by the yeah. goal line and uh and the Vikings got bailed out because of <clears throat> a roughing the passer. Uh there's definitely been some bad roughing the passer calls in recent history like the Clay Matthews had a couple of them, you know, 5 4 5 years ago. That was textbook today. That was helmet to Kirk's face mask. Yes, full it on. A, it wasn't ambiguous. Percent. Sorry dude. Yeah, like the interception didn't happen because of that, but um it it was an illegal hit. So, Packer fans, you're and wrong. a stupid hit. That was a really stupid play. Yeah. All right. Who's next? Vikings vent line. Let's go to our uh, buddy Alex in Texas. Alex, what's up, man? Welcome back. How are you? Hey, Alex. Hey, guys. Long time no talk to you. Been busy with my new job and everything. So, um, first of all, um, if Gary Kubiak is still our offensive coordinator, is he aggressive as his son was today? Um, and also, no, Mason Cole. Yeah, he's not. He's not a great center, but unlike Gary Bradbury. When Gary Bradbury gets dump trucked or forklifted, he's permanently dump trucked. Today, Mason Cole reset himself and gave Kirk Cousins that extra little second he needed to complete that pass. And the last um, caller, a couple callers, uh, Keenan, a couple living in Texas, I know Xavier Woods. I think we got the Xavier Woods that the Cowboy fans were talking about. Uh, I don't think Bynum, I don't think Cameron Bynum can be much worse than what Woods was today. Um, this team, I think this team has found the formula. Um, and you guys talk about uh, luck, being, well, the Vikings being lucky today. Well, you know, with all the on bad luck, with the, bad, with the bad luck the Vikings have always had in their, you know, seems like forever. It's nice to have luck once in a while. Yeah. Um, no. And also Aaron Rodgers almost threw a pick today too. So don't be too hard on uh, Cousins. His, you know, Aaron Rodgers' pick was uh, yeah. dropped. And my good luck charm sat next to me today, guys. This is JJ. Oh, look at JJ. 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 Hey, who's, who's a good, who's JJ. A good JJ. JJ? Who's a good boy? Girl. So that's my that's the good luck charm. Um, <laughs> my wife named him after JJ Watt because he's a Texans fan, but I have oh, taken no. over. He is now JJ that's for right. JJ Je- for Justin Jefferson. <laughs> yeah, he won't know the difference. So yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you guys. As awesome, usual, man. fantastic. I enjoy your shows all week and keep up the great work. You guys are Thanks, awesome. Alex in Texas. So let's go back to his original question there, Judd. Do you think 
what we've seen from Clint Kubiak the last, let's say, couple weeks, do you think it's on par aggressiveness-wise with what Gary Kubiak would have recommended? No, I don't think it's on par, but I also think that the consistency of the play calling starting in week one would have been much better. And so, so like, the trade-off wouldn't be just, uh, I wouldn't want Gary back. I think Gary would have actually had a much better template for play calling going back to the first week. Um, do I think it's, it would be as aggressive as what we've seen the last two weeks? Absolutely not. And I like this a lot. Uh, but I also think that there's something to be said for taking, what, approximately eight games and largely flushing them to, to get to this point where things have changed. So I'm not going to also, in the same breath here, sit, sit here and say, I'm glad Gary's gone. Because I do think Gary had a better plan and certainly wouldn't have, um, how can I put this nicely, a freaked out in some of the situations that Clint probably did that cost this team. I think uh, the biggest thing here is that whether it's Kubiak getting some help and or it's just Kirk Cousins, they've been in so many close nail-biter games, and they've pulled out a handful of them. I mean, they pulled out the Arizona game, and the kicker missed it, right? It wasn't like they threw a devastating pick or got sacked or something. So to play like they did again down the stretch, like they're just they're reinforcing – this is what it looks like. This is the these are the plays that work. These are the go to. You know, these are the receivers. It's not that hard to figure out. Jefferson Thielen, right? Like they're building reference points in close games, and they're having some success that they haven't had a lot of under Mike Zimmer and Kirk Cousins the last few years. So that should be a good thing. All right, looks like Chancy is up next here. Chancy in Fargo. What's up, buddy? Guys, how are you doing today? I think we're, uh, we're, we're pretty pleased, my friend. We're pretty pleased with what we've Good. seen. Right. So I called to answer your uh, caller from Madison's question for his boys that the Packers fans with all the championships and whatnot. So here, here's how I view it kind of like, well, first up, I was going to say, how damn entertaining are the Vikings? I, win or yes. lose. I, I am so, there is no doubt why they're the most popular team. I mean, some games they win like this, some they lose, but they are never boring, okay? And so the analogy to my buddy, my little the boy that's in Madison is, the Packers fans are like the kid that went to bed at 9 o'clock every night. He studied well. Uh, he went to college. He got a job as an insurance salesman. He's put his money in his 401K every year. He's doing well. Health insurance is good. He's got a nice middle-class home uh, every year. They look forward to a good Christmas, lots of gifts under the tree. Uh, it'll, it's it's going to be a nice life. They're going to pass away at 81 in a nursing home. They don't smoke. They don't drink. Vikings fans, and this is, is where you need to understand the addiction, it's a roller coaster. You're the kid that got out of high school and said, I ain't going to college, screw it. Uh, you lost all your money initially on a very bad investment. Picked up a lottery ticket off the curb, hit the Powerball, put it into Apple stock, <laughs> took the Apple money you made, put it into Enron stock. Then you went on a drug bender for a few years, went through rehab, came back out. The roller coaster is what <laughs> is the love, okay? And that's what we all have together. What? Ask, tell him to ask his Packers friends if they have a love boat. If they have a 15-1 season with a field goal kicker that's never missed that misses. Ask them if they've got a U.S. Bank stadium where you can do a skull chant and walk out depressed or excited. Ask them if 
they have ever signed the best quarterback ever from their rival, had him come over, play a great season, throw a pass across the middle, and then get busted for wearing Crocs in photographs. <laughs> this team is not boring. That's the bottom line, and that's the difference. You have – there is no doubt the pass I – mean, I, what other team – I don't follow every other team, but what other team has the kicking woes that this team does with the, the Blair Walsh, the Gary Anderson, the Greg Joseph, on and on and on. What other team has a Minnesota miracle game? No game has ever had that great of a finish in the NFL. We don't have the world championships, but damn it, it's the most entertaining team. What other team has ever had their stadium roof collapse where they need to move to another stadium to go play? What wow. other team can't get up to the podium to make the draft pick in time? What other team does all this stuff? Nobody. Nobody does it. So you tell that Packers fan, good for you. But we've got, we're on this high road. We're taking crack cocaine. We're putting it all in on red. We're riding the wave. We'll die at 51 because we're Vikings fans. But damn it, we had a fun life. Thanks a lot. We weren't here for wow. a long time. Well, what is the saying? But it was a damn good time. Damn, Whatever the hell. We're here I don't for know. a good time. We're not, here for a good time. Die young and, and leave a good-looking corpse. That's the also. I, I think like wow. Chancey hit on a very key point there. That the, the most offensive thing about those Brett Favre photos was the Crocs, right? Yes. Like, what are you wearing on your feet, dude? Come he on, it guy. The, he, it was with the Jets. Okay, he was lonely. That's it was New point. Jersey. I don't blame Jets. Brett for that. <laughs> he didn't do it here. <laughs> he had the life here. Come oh, on. Man. Also, like the Vikings didn't have two. 15-year franchise Hall of Fame quarterbacks just sort of fall into their laps. Although Jeb would argue that they should have drafted Aaron Rodgers when they had taken Aaron Dante Culpepper, but could that's take, a, Could have taken Aaron Rodgers. Not today. 2005. For a different day. I, I just said you could have not today. I'm not okay. arguing it. Just said All right, let's, let's keep it rolling here. Vikings Ventline presented by Surly Brewing Company. Luca, what's up, man? Welcome back to Vikings Ventline. How are you? I'm doing good. Uh, my teams went three for three this weekend, so that's pretty good. Uh no, especially with the Vikings. Uh, I was at church this morning, and I have a buddy who's a big Packers fan, and I'm like, oh, are you going to watch the game today? Because I, I know that he doesn't pay enough attention to know who they're playing the next game. So he's like, uh, I'm kind of busy, but who are they playing? And he goes, oh, I'm like, they're playing the Vikings. And he's like, oh, okay. And as I came walked out of church, he passed me on the back, and he says, go Packers. And, you know, the game just felt different. You know, I don't know if it was the Packers or just continuing this ride of, you know, aggressive play calling, but the game just felt different. It was, you know, an electric barn burner game, if you will. It was just, I don't know, it was very entertaining. But uh, one thing I kind of picked up was just the inconsistency on defense in the end of the first half. Uh, you know, maybe the hold on Wanham, call it what you want, but still one hold call shouldn't, you know, be enough to completely deflate a defense in the second half the last two minute mark it's kind of my big thing yeah no luca yeah definitely uh definitely be careful rubbing it in too much in church i'd wait till you get yeah. outside of church but now you'll have a few things to say to your friend next yeah Sunday. <laughs> thanks for coming on here do what you gotta do luca that's what you I can say. repent you, you can brag do. it's church it's a safe place he's yeah. fine he's okay yeah. he's okay yeah. uh I, who's up oh go ahead judd I was going to say, I think as far as the defense goes, too, they got really tired, and they aren't that good. Like, Xavier Woods is probably just not that good, right? Um, but, you know, keep in mind, Everson Griffin was signed to be a situational pass rusher. He's playing all the time. Yeah. Anthony Barr um, is now playing, when he does play, with a chronic knee condition every down. Like, you're not – you can't just keep flying around so – so, like, I do question, and I, I think the Vikings feel they don't have a choice, but I do question the use of some players 
based on the fact that at some point in time, they just wear out. And I think Griffin, I, I saw some things about, well, Griffin didn't set the edge here or there. Uh, folks, I think it's because he's tuckered. Yeah, absolutely. I don't think it's because he sucks. I think he's I think he's worn out. Something to watch here on the Packers side the next month and a half. Aaron Rodgers told the media today that his toe injury is, quote, a little worse than turf toe. And turf toe knocks guys out for chunks of seasons. So if if he if they're getting like sixty or seventy percent Aaron Rodgers and he did not look a hundred percent some of it was Zimmer throwing some exotic looks at him but he did not look a hundred percent at all he looked really uncomfortable flushing out of the pocket if they're gonna get sixty to seventy percent Aaron Rodgers they have a really tough schedule down the stretch then maybe maybe the door is open for the NFC North later what, on. what's the old saying let's not count our chickens before they hatch I'm just saying I said maybe just, maybe just, the door's open for the let's division. let's keep let's see I'm them keep them. this going let's I'm see them. them this is very Vikings like let's see them continue this okay count that's count all I'm chickens, saying baby. don't count I'm those chickens chicken. don't keep do it, that keep it moving bad here luck Vikings vent line Kyle what's up man welcome to Vikings vent line how are you yeah it's been good man that what a win what a win but you know um and I got some notes here so I'm gonna try to stay with it yeah do your thing I just, you know, great positives. Got to get some fall golf in here in southeastern Iowa. You know, nice, it, was, man. it was 50 degrees and it was awesome. And then got to watch the watch Packers fans at the, at the clubhouse see us up 16 to 10 and a half. Uh, but to Judd's point, you know, I, I am happy that we've stayed aggressive in today's game and the previous game. But I, on the Zach Taylor, Zach, or the Jason Garrett's, the Zach Taylor, Brandon Staley's, daily scale like we're a three in aggressive aggressivity or a four i think at times i just feel that we haven't quite um accepted the fact that we have to stay stay aggressive no matter what especially on good teams and i think that's what holds us back the most mm-hmm. um specifically in our game like the the we're up 16 to three right before the half and um you know we we basically do the run like to do what uh, realistic Randy says, we run, run, pass. Let's do defense, defense, ugly defense, and then they score a touchdown. Um, so I'd like to see them just continue to be aggressive, especially on teams like uh, the Packers or you know, in the 2017 playoffs when we we're playing the Drew Brees, we let them back in that game. So I think um, if the goal is Super Bowl, they need to stay aggressive no matter what happens. Um, secondly, um, I guess my question that I have for the group is, you know, I'm in a glass case of emotion. I feel like this is the exact same <laughs> thing that we went through last year. We're five and five. Yeah. And, and I'm super happy no matter what, whether we get two wins, three wins, or a bunch of wins, beating the Packers is the best thing in the entire world. Um, but I guess my question to the group is, you know, should I should I just get ready to be disheartened and, um, um, you know, get ready for the failure, or, or um, do I get all on this on on this bandwagon and see them succeed? I would say this: they're going to lose games still in the regular season, so definitely, like they could lose to San Francisco next week. So, so. Don't think that they're just going to smooth sail through the last seven games on their schedule just because they've sort of figured some things out offensively. But I think this all comes down to playoffs now. You know, can they put themselves in a position? Could they? This is going to sound crazy, but their schedule lightens up quite a bit. Is there any way they could somehow get to like 11 wins 
even 10 wins, is there any chance of a home playoff game, right? Like, to me, this is all about your emotions aren't really on the line until about the middle of January now, Kyle. That's that's what I would say here, I think. I mean, could they lose three in a row here? They are the Vikings, so yeah. who knows? Yeah, but I don't, I don't think that's going to happen. I think they're going to – I think – I think they're going to win nine, nine or ten games at this point. Judd, what, what about you? A sports dad should chime in here. Yeah, so I, I He's think they've seen more than we have. Well, I think they found a good formula for now. So, like, I, I actually like offensively the, the formula these last two games, especially that's been plugged in. But I mean, this is very Vikings, and we, we saw it last year. You know, go, going back to the first year I covered this team, two thousand five, right? That Vikings team was off the rails bad. Brad Johnson starts playing. QB, they win like five or six consecutive games. The next thing, you know, they're in the race for a playoff spot. So I would say, I would say, as far as expectations go, like I expect them now to win two more games, three more games. My question is after that, because that's when that's when you seem to to get the letdown at times. Uh, but I would I would say if you have heart problems, get the nitroglycerin ready because because. Vikings fans don't get their popcorn. They get their nitro because you got to keep that heart because, I mean, they're going to be right here, the ticker, every Sunday. So because you just don't know. But but to Chancey's point, that's sort of what makes this team fun. It's the maddening ups and downs. And in like one year, you think it might pay off. So it is it's a lot more intriguing to see this than it, it would be if they lost today. And then you're like, OK, it's basically done again. And then they come back. So. Yeah. We shall see. So hang on, Kyle. All right. Just uh, keep that hand I hope over you have that a heart. Heart, I hope you have a good heart, Kyle. I hope you have a good heart. was wondering if I was okay. I had a real <laughs> Apple Watch setting that okay. says I'm just a Vikings fan. Yeah, okay. yeah exactly. <laughs> oh, okay. Thank you. I love it. By the way, the Vikings' five losses this year are by a total of 18 points. They have yeah. five losses by yeah. a total of 18 but, points. Two of those losses are in overtime. But the, major- but the majority of those defeats are their fault. So, yeah. so like oh, I, I yeah. so like they're not close games where it's like they could have pulled that game out. No, yeah, one like Cooper Rush was one of them. You know, they yeah. blew a two touchdown lead to Baltimore, Arizona. You know, missing the scored, kick. They scored a touchdown, I think, on the second play from scrimmage against the Cardinals. That's the point in the game where you're like, oh, we're gonna dagger these SOBs, and they were, and they end up in a close game. Yeah, like today again at the end of the first half. Why didn't you go for it? Like you did late to Dex's uh, point. You Kabooms eighty seven chimes in says I have a defibrillator ready for me uh, every game in case I have to press that shock button from my heart attack. Kaboom is very smart. Dump truck driving through a nitroglycerin plant. I, I just watched Chris's vacation last night. It, it, Judd, you teed me up for it. I couldn't help myself. I know that's fine. It's perfect. Right, Hi, Mike Grimm. Hi, Mike Grimm. Mike Grimm. I'm not. Is Mike, Grimm, is Mike Grimm. I was gonna say, is Mike Grimm allowed to peek his head on Hello. camera? Hi, Mike. How's everybody, Phil. Good hey guys, to see you. Big, big. This is my viewing party right now. Oh, that I had. <laughs> Are they rowing the boat back no, there? No, they're, no, the no, they're doing the gritty. Oh, the gritty. I see it. Okay. <laughs> so I got a couple of takeaways from the show. Um, my first takeaway is what was going on with Rogers at the end of the first half when he just went into the tunnel? It's like everybody that was super like, weird. Be overlooking that. Did he have like, did his turf toe just like inflame or something? Like, why couldn't he just go out there and take the last knee of the, you know, of the half? I don't understand that. 
That was weird. Yeah, he was, he was just hanging out with like five police officers yeah, just yeah, waiting yeah. for the half To me, uh, that just screams like egomaniac. Like, oh, yeah. I, oh, yeah. Yeah, he took. Yes. Never have been, never will be a fan of Rogers. And that just consolidates my point. But anyway, another thing is, is like, okay, we got Justin Jefferson, top five receivers in the league, and we target him in the first half three times over 100 yards and a touchdown. Why aren't we throwing him? him more we should be making our offense uh plays go around justin jefferson and not delvin cook that i i think that's gonna that's is what's gonna win us games we're not gonna win on this run game anymore we gotta become a passing team that is that is our one thing that we got to do different and oh and your yeah, your room. If your roommates yeah. have takes too, just shut them out, man. Yeah, we'll take we'll take oh, all your they takes. Oh, they don't they don't have anything. <laughs> they, don't, they don't know anything. Um, I got and I just got one other question for you guys. Do you like how that tastes? <laughs> just, I love it, Michael. God, you damn right. No. no. Yeah. Thanks, the at the end. Appreciate it. I got you. three words for you. You like that? Yeah. Michael's like oh, triple H. Oh, 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 Oh and nine on Monday night. Yeah. You like how this tastes? You like that? <laughs> you like that? Yeah, that <laughs> he's like Triple H holding court. DX in the background. He's got the shades on. He's the one directing traffic. He's not. He's not so disgusting. I love it. Um, I think on the on the run pass thing. I mean, yeah, it it definitely feels like a team that's trying to cope with like, all right, well, like we're a run first team and run first mentality and. Greg Olson was great on the broadcast. Hey, Greg Olson made a couple different times made the point that hey, the NFL in 2021, oftentimes it's the opposite that you got to throw the ball down the field to loosen things up so your running game can get going. And right. you know that's the direction that he was sort of pushing this thing in, as opposed to establish, 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 and then you know blow the top off the defense. It's like it's probably the other way around now for the Vikings in in most situations. I think that we should – it should become um, very, very clear that Justin Jefferson never should go an entire quarter if you have the football without a target. Like, I think that's fair. Like, the second – there were opportunities in the second quarter to target him, and they didn't. And He to did – well, the, the pass interference did come in the oh, second that, that's quarter. That's right. That's but, right. But, I, but you're right. You're right. I but, I'm, but I'm thinking that drive that, that went uh, past – for five yards to Thielen and then the cook run and then the CJ ham pitch, you've got to take a shot there. But I, I would say in general, like, cause I don't know, I've, uh, I quit football in eighth grade. I've never coached or coordinated. So, you know, take anything I say when it comes to scheming and play calling with a grain of salt, but 64 snaps for the Vikings, not counting penalties today. Um, there were two sacks in there. So let's, let's call it 62 plays. Minus the sacks and minus the turnovers, and they targeted either with runs or passes Cook, Jefferson, and Thielen 42, 46 times on 62 plays. I uh, I don't know, like I I haven't done all the research on the other games and stuff, but I like that. I like that percentage. You like how that tastes? I like okay. how that tastes. Yes. What what was Jefferson six shoving target? it to those guys? Jefferson and Thielen final both target. had ten targets each. Okay. Yeah, I do like the total tar- the total targets. I think that Jefferson should have gotten targeted again in the second quarter. But yeah, it's not I mean, look, it's way better than it was. 
Mm-hmm. It makes way more sense. The Detroit game, you forgot about him, and it almost cost you the game. You didn't do that today. Yeah. So. Yeah. All right. Who's uh, who's next here, Declan? All right. Let, let's go to our dude, Paulford. What's up, brother? How What's are up, we? Guys? Skull from uh, Skull from Nashville. I got uh, Grace here with me. I gr- she, uh, oh, Grace. She made something for you guys. Let's go full screen here for, yeah, yeah. for Paulford there. My guy. My guy, Kurt, Kurt Cousins. with a T, Cousins. Fourth quarter Pharaoh, Mr. Game-Winning Drive, and I can't read that last one. Uh, fourth Kirky McClutcherton. Kirky McClutcherton. Grace has good penmanship. The, yeah, the two-minute yes. Terminator. Well. There's Bo. There's Bo. Hey, Bo. Hey, uh, I've, I've come to reasoning after the last two games, guys, that the Wills need to hire one assistant, actually two assistants. They need one with Clint Kubiak up in the booth, and they need one down on the field with Mike Zimmer. And that assistant's just going to stand with their hand in the air like this. And then when the Vikings decide to go conservative, that hand comes down and whack! Knock it off. (laughs) Stop it. No. And then they can air the ball out. Like, if for some reason, Mike goes up there and says, hey, we need to throw a check down to C.J. Ham. You know what we do? Smack! No. I think you can also do, like, Nickelodeon slime or something. Like, every time he's thinking about, oh, see, we haven't given the ball to C.J. Ham in a while. Slap slime. No, dude. That's exactly it. They they just need somebody like a quality control assistant on the sidelines and up in the booth who's just standing there ready, like, hey, do you want this? Or maybe like a surly beer can that's like, I will hit you with this. Like, are you guys ready for this? No. Then don't be conservative. Because when you don't let off the gas, look what happens. Good things happen. Two years in a row now, Mike Zimmer doesn't have his defense. I've never had a bad defense. Guess what? You don't have your defense, Mike. You know what can win us games? This offense, this offense has every playmaker in the world to win you games. There's no ifs, ands, or buts about it. Throw the ball to Jefferson. Look what happened. 50 yards, 40 yards. Guess what? P.I. It worked. It absolutely worked. And Zimmer's like, he's so uncomfortable with it still. And even after the game, I saw some of the quotes coming out, and he's like, you know, they call it Sunday fun day, but there's nothing fun about these close games. It's like, dude, it's okay. Embrace it. It's okay. You're going to get him back and forth fights like this this is fun dude but then how do you remove to, to skull for a, a point how do you remove the closeness of the game you allow your offense to operate more and more and more and get more points that's how you get out of those tight games yeah, that's exactly so that's you're right the you slap coach more, that's how you score more than seven points against the browns that's how you score more than you yes. know whatever xyz and you lose these close shootouts because you're being conservative what happened in the ravens game they were being conservative now we go back to the ba- i mean this team realistically I mean, there's no reason they can't be what seven and three, eight and two, nine and one. I mean, they mm-hmm. could they could have any record better than five and five if it wasn't Mike Zimmer looking up at the scoreboard and going, "Holy smokes, we got a lead! Run the ball, dive, draw, CJ Ham check down, punt the ball." I'm doing. I'm just real quick here to your to your point here. So I just I just pulled this. No pun intended. Pulford school. So today. Thielen, Jefferson, and Cook were either targeted or just given the ball like handoffs. 74% of the Vikings' offensive plays was to their three best playmakers, and that that feels like that's pretty damn good. You bring up the Browns game. So Cousins minus the sacks through 36 passes. They handed the ball off. Now, I think I think Dalvin might have gotten hurt in this game. Didn't he get hurt, and then Alex Madison came in? Um 23, so they, they ran 59 plays, only nine runs to Dalvin, uh, six targets. Like, it was a much lower percentage in that game. And it just shows you, like, get the ball to your best playmakers. 
they'll Instead of make you look just good. Running, running up the middle on first down, look what happens when you throw the ball out. Just air the ball out. Get it to your playmakers. Let them make plays. Look at how many times Jefferson went up today and made that play. And guess what? Just like I think you said it all week, Phil, actually the last couple of weeks. So what if you throw a pick? At least you were trying. You threw the ball up there and gave Jefferson a chance. What, eight out of ten times, J.J.'s going to make that play or there's going to be a P.I.? So yeah. what if you throw a pick? It's better than a check down or a two-yard pass on third and eight. That's getting you nowhere. Let's see the dogs again. That's all we really care about here. Your opinions are great now, but let's see the dogs. Oh, oh, there's, Grace oh. And there's Bo. He's hanging out over there. They're exhausted because that game was so close. They're, they're like, they're wore out. Dad, we need to go to bed. Grace was pulling a Mike Zimmer when she was writing this. She was like this when Greg Joseph went out there to kick. <laughs> Dude, Thielen and Harrison Smith were on one knee looking oh, like faced away from the field. They couldn't even watch that last kick at the end of the game. They have seen yeah, I, too much. I, either. I actually turned my <laughs> recorder on on my phone, turned my screen, uh, camera backwards so I could just listen to what the announcer said. Amazing. Pulford Skull, one of our favorite callers here on Vikings Vent Line. We'll talk to you yeah. next week. See you guys. Say hi to the dogs again for us. Good stuff. All right, Dex, let's keep it moving here. Vikes Dex fan 86. What's up, man? We're on, dude. How What's are up? you doing? So I just need to um, leave with my four-year-old has been demanding to get in the shot at some point. So we recently made Vikings fan. Well, not too long ago. She thought she was a Bears fan, but I threatened, no, dude. Good for I threatened you. with a lobotomy. So now she's yeah. <laughs> <laughs> So uh, for one, I'm, I'm going to just start with this. Um, I really like Greg Olson calling the games. I think he does a really good job. Even back to when they didn't want him to with Carolina. When were we going to play them soon? We had They were going to play them like That's the right. And, and they were like, nope, he can't come to any of the, the meetings or anything. I really like the way he calls games. Been watching you guys, Realistic Randy and uh, Purple FTW for a while. I really love you guys' your show. Thanks, um, I think uh, cornerback, um, I, I think Zim, because he's a cornerback, he just hates wide receivers because uh, Diggs rolled the pine. Remember, before he could get in for like five games or something, doing the same thing with Just, Justin Jefferson. I'm glad he's starting to finally turn that, that table. Uh, Mason Cole, I think he got thrown to the wolves a little bit. I think he deserves you know, a little more before we just say, okay, it's not his turn to go. I also think uh, Kirk needs a lot of uh, props for being clutch. You never really hear about him being clutch, but I'm telling you, man, when he when we need some yards, this dude finds a way to connect passes more often than not. I really, really appreciate it. We haven't had a consistent – when was the last time we had a guy just throwing for 300 yards consistently every game? I mean, I'm, I'm like, come on, man. Kirk's a dog out there. Um Definitely not our problem. I think the Packers were injured. Um, I hear that a lot. But um, we've lost a lot of players on defense. Once you lose Daniel Hunter after him not playing an entire year, I'm not trying to hear jack about injuries from anybody. We lose a guy that dominant and still find a way to get to the quarterback. Are you yeah. kidding me? Mm-hmm. Um, I also think um, I heard dude earlier complaining about the defense. Uh, but I think uh, we were playing one of the better QBs in the league. This guy's a magician. He makes stuff happen. So it's like he's, we're going to give up some stuff to him. It's like, can you keep him contained? You can't always stop him, but can you keep him contained? They did a damn good job with that this year, even though he has an alleged bum leg or whatever, toe or something. Cry me a river. Yo, I'm a runner. I, I have a freaking bruise on my toe right now. I run five <laughs> miles a day. He'll be okay. Um, I was happy to see us get a, a few penalties going our direction. It always seems like those seem to swing – for the other team, no matter what we're doing, it's like they always get some relief with a yellow flag on the field. So I was really glad to see that. And now, last but not least, I just need some consistency. It's like I can't deal with the 
with the highs and lows every week. It's like, can you guys just go on a run? Like every other team seems to be able to do. We have all the players both on both sides of the ball. I really like the way our defense is playing. They they haven't been getting a lot of props either, but the way that they've been able to push that pocket, you're getting like two or three seconds in there and you got to get rid of it. So they deserve a lot of credit. Can we please just get some consistency? Can we just win like three or four in a row? So I, I was at the Dallas game, mind you. I paid $150 for my ticket and I wanted a refund. I was so pissed off. I was <laughs> time before that, I was at the Miracle. So it's like the two games I have is just on completely opposite sides of the spectrum. Yeah, that, yeah that's not bad. It's cold blooded. I love you guys. Thanks. Keep doing what you do. Appreciate Dude. you finally getting in, man. Thank you. So Vikes much. fan eighty six. Appreciate it. Bye bye. Have a good day. <laughs> hey, uh, to the officiating point. I don't know if you guys saw this nugget before the game, but so Sean Hockley, the not quite as jacked son of Ed Hockley, that yeah. that road teams coming into today, road teams are eighteen and six over the last two years when Sean Hockley's crew shows up. Mm. What did the commentator say about the Rodgers touchdown pass that came immediately um, after he was going to call for timeout, and it looks like they denied it? Um, I mean, the commentators didn't have strong opinions on it. They just said, oh, he almost, like, he didn't quite. Started to. He, he didn't quite touch the T, if it, you will. It looked like Pat Peterson. There was a Patrick gap between the fingers and the hand on the, okay. the timeout motion. Because it looked like Peterson, like, totally led up at that point. And then he went back and was complaining. Mackenzie Alexander, I think, just flat out got beat. But anyway, it was just a weird, it was weird. I didn't think, I, I thought that they just said no, that, that you know. Well, I think the, the, re- the referee's explanation was that the ball was snapped. When he tried to call right, it, right? That's I what don't I thought. think that's true. I think he so when he went to motion. But you're right. He was going and as he was motioning yeah. before his fingers touched his hand to make the tee. The ball was snapped, and, and he caught they, it. Okay, yeah, okay. So they got lucky on that one for sure. All right, who's next on Vikings Ventline? Yeah, just a couple more here. Let's go to uh, Jason. Jason, what's up, man? You're hey, on Jason. Vikings Ventline. How are you? Hey guys, I'm doing well. Um, thanks for having me. Big fan of you guys' content and. Just had a couple comments. Uh, one thing that I noticed today with Kirk was I think back to the Baltimore third down play where all of that pressure came and he had no idea what to do. And if you look at some of the key drives that Kirk dealt with today, there was pressure coming from everywhere. And I don't know if it was play calling. I don't know if it was Kirk being more prepared, but he handled that pressure immaculately, in my opinion, um, getting balls out to Cook, um, getting balls out to, I think, K.J. Osborne. Um, that was something that really, really impressed me. I don't know if that's an evolution for him or, again, if it was more play calling and scheming. Um, but something that I thought was really, really cool for Kirk was, I mean, that that touchdown throw that he made to Jefferson, he made that literally going to his back. Mm-hmm. Um, and of course we can talk all day about Jefferson and his skill set. I think he's not only the hottest receiver in the NFL right now, but probably in the top one, two or three. Um, you know, I think Devonte Adams is, is great, but he also plays with Aaron Rodgers. So, you know, Jordy Nelson was a great receiver for a long time, but he also played with Aaron Rodgers. So, um, making those throws and having the guts to, to, you know, whether he saw the pressure, whether he was moving the line around, um, that play against Baltimore, 
I swear to God, I was talking to my fiance for like three days about it. I would probably <laughs> not see that blitz coming, right? And today, it was a totally different story. And they were bringing pressure from the left, up the middle. And again, I don't know if, if that's on Kirk, if that's on Scheme, um, if he's just building confidence. Um, but that was something that really, really impressed me. And I think it really led to the Vikings winning the game today. And um, my second comment to go along with that is, you know, I know I know the number one goal of this show is for the Vikings to win a Super Bowl before we die. And I will ride with that goal with you guys as long as it takes. But beating beating Green Bay is always a good thing. <laughs> Amen. Jason, great stuff, man. Great yeah, stuff. Thanks. And I, I like that Jason brought up that throw. You know, the, the Packers, I, I'm so curious to see the final, like, numbers and pressures and things, like all the nerdy stats that are going to come out the next couple of days. But, you know, the Packers brought the heat a few times in key situations. And that throw that Kirk made, I mean, he's literally getting, like, obliterated into dust, and that ball comes out of his hand to Justin Jefferson. It was the right read. Justin Jefferson, according to Pro Football Focus, is the number two ranked receiver against man coverage. So just if it's man coverage, just throw it to him. And yep. they did today. Correct. He's also the number one rated receiver out of the slot this season. And I believe the like the the near touchdown early in the game where he went for like forty whatever yards and outstretched the ball and then Dalvin wound up cleaning it up. I'm pretty sure he was lined up in the slot there as well. So Slot, man-to-man, like either one of those things, just throw it to Justin Jefferson. He he is a god. He's unbelievable. And what, one of the primary differences between that last play in Baltimore uh, that goes beyond just being smart enough and quick enough to slide the protection is this. If you do what Kirk did today, you're going to invite more pressure. Um, the question is, can the receivers run the depth of their routes for you to get the ball to them? Now, if you go back and watch that Baltimore game, those guys were barely out of in, into their routes, basically, and Kirk was uh, heaving the ball towards the turf in Baltimore. Today, Kirk made some very nice deep throws. Mm-hmm. So, like, the pressure there is natural. Like, you're, you're inviting it, and that's the, that's the game. That's the game of, of being a really good quarterback is, is you are very rarely – if you're going to throw deep like Kirk did to Jefferson a bunch, you're very rarely just going to have like a clean pocket of, oh, well, I'll just take my time here. It is a bang-bang type of play that's going to invite the pressure because you're allowing the pressure to come at you while the receiver runs the route. And and that, that again, is, is play calling. I'm sure it's sliding protections as well. Um, but that's the big difference. That play in Baltimore never developed. A ton of plays today that did have pressure had developed. That's a very big distinction. Mm-hmm. Uh, it looks like we're wrapping this thing up where we started it an hour and a half ago. Mm-hmm. Bob in a hot tub in Pennsylvania. One more time, Bob. It's a yes, sir. Bob, yes, what's sir. going on, man? Wrap us up here. A callback. All right, a couple things, a couple things real quick. One, it just goes to show you how effective throwing the ball downfield and throwing more often leads to success. You get – the P.I. with Jefferson, you get the roughing the passer on Cousins, and then the next play, he throws to Thielen. When Jefferson was double covered, Thielen does an option route, which Olsen called out on the play call. Touchdown. Okay, Vikings walk by two scores. Okay. Later in the third quarter, they ran basically the same play with a different look. Jefferson in the backfield, 
So you guarantee he gets single coverage. They got double coverage on Thielen. That is a combination of how you win a Super Bowl right there. You throw it to those two guys, and then you use your weapon, Cook. And I just want to say one more thing. Lady Luck is golden because when that kick mattered, I said to my wife, Maureen, please give me a little Lady Luck because we need it with our kicking history. And she gave me her hand, and that kick was right down the center. Skull! Yes, Bob. Way to bring it, Bob. You son of a bitch. Way to go, Bob. You old sailor. Sail away in that hot tub. That's Bob in Pennsylvania. In the dark, in a hot tub. That has me wanting to run through this wall back here. Oh, my God, I'm fired up. Dude, I I think you should should just run through that wall while all the, the journalists are hammering out those quotes from Mike Zimmer. Actually, you know what? We got, we got one more oh, that one jumped more. in here. Let's yeah, let's wrap it up here with Liam. I think Liam. Liam, what's up, man? You're calling from the UK too, right? Yeah, man. It's getting about, just gone half past 10, 10, 30 at night, so I just thought I'd jump on. Got to talk quiet so I don't wake the family up. Yeah. What, uh, what did, we'll, we'll try not to wake the family as well. We'll speak in hushed tones. What did yeah. you see today? I think, it, I mean, first off, love the show. It, it pretty much takes up my Monday morning at work. Uh, Thanks, great Liam. Great stuff I think as a Vikings fan now, what, what this game told me is I'm just going to take it week to week. I'm not making any big assumptions. I'm not saying Zimmer in, Zimmer out. We're going to we're going to go this far. Let's just see how this goes. We've had two good weeks. It's We're kind of seeing what we want on offense, but you're still seeing the sweep to CJ Ham on a third and one just drives you crazy. But let's just see how it goes. Let's just what, we got nothing to lose. It can't get any worse than Cooper Rush. So let's just see how we go. I think what's hilarious is like, that was such an amazing win for the Vikings. And yet, because of previous trauma, Liam is like the fifth person to reference the CJ Ham play on third and one. Like, it's such an amazing win. And right, by the way, rightfully so, but everyone's still kind of like, damn it, that play to CJ Ham on third down. What the hell was right. that? I've only, got that? About, I've only got about three friends in the UK who I can talk good football with. And I kept getting tonight because one's a Packer fan. I kept getting, what's with the second down run? And I'm like, it's all I listen to. Listen to these podcasts, it's all we talk about. <laughs> and a, a pack of was going, I can't believe it. I can't believe what I'm seeing. Liam, great stuff, man. Thanks, Thanks for man. wrapping this. We'll Thanks let you get to much. bed out there in the, the UK. Uh, shout out to our friends at Federated Mutual Insurance Company. Federated's been around for over 100 years in the state of Minnesota, helping business owners with risk management, bottom line protection, protecting employees. Find out more about the great work Federated does with uh, businesses all around the state at federatedinsurance.com. And remember at Federated, it's our business to protect yours. If you're, uh, if you're hanging out with us still, you can help us a lot and spread the word about the show by clicking the subscribe button on the Purple Daily YouTube channel and by clicking the like button. If you think the Vikings are back in the thick of this thing in the NFC playoffs, click that like button. Um, we got Pie Chart Monday tomorrow on Purple Daily, Pie Chart of Praise. Any final thoughts from the stadium, Judd Zilgad? Um, I think our friend Liam is probably right. I think enjoy this week to week, and uh, hopefully the Vikings continue with the offensive approach because if nothing else, as a football fan, it is a hell of a lot more fun to watch this team if you allow Kirk to cook and ju- and Justin to to fulfill the Justin justification ratio, which <laughs> is probably about 23%. Like the there's got to be some ratio. justification, Justin like justification. One, there's got to be, you've yeah. got to justify his presence. And today they did a good job 
Not great, but good. But I, I did. I approved of what we saw. It passed the eye test. How about yeah. That? And if you're Aaron Rodgers, don't make the boneheaded mistake of giving two full minutes and I think multiple timeouts to the fourth quarter Pharaoh himself. Damn right. The late game luminary. The mm-hmm. two minute terminator. Kirky McClutcherton. So here here's a here's a statistical job for somebody tonight. How many times since Far became the became the Packers quarterback have the Vikings rallied in the last two minutes of a game to beat the Packers? Feels like it happens the other way a lot. Because Favre did it a ton, I think. Like, Mm -hmm. statistically, I think Favre did a lot. Feels like, I'm sure Aaron has. Mm -hmm. Like, how many? It it can't. I can't believe. I I mean, this does go back 30 years. But I can't believe it's been a lot that the Vikings have actually been the team to turn the tables. Yeah. This was, by by the way. By the way. This was the third successful game-winning drive of the season for Kirk Cousins. Tying his... Vikings high of three last year. He only had one in 2018 and 19 combined. His career high is four in 2017. Three game-winning drives. Mm-hmm. Give him a chance. Yeah. He also should have had a fourth if Greg Joseph doesn't miss a chip shot field goal in Arizona. But, yeah, yeah. awesome stuff, man. Great stuff. Fun. A lot of great. couple first-timers in there, too. That's right. Love the first-timer. A lot to be okay. thankful for this week. A lot to be thankful for. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> except for it looks like our team is – Falling apart, Declan, but that's a different discussion. All the wild. Yeah. Yeah. Down two it's down okay. two rip to the lightning. That's right. The Timberwolves something. dynasty bandwagon is also, wide open for you guys if you want to jump on. Yeah, some, something's <laughs> brewing. Something's brewing with Kevin Fiala, and I think Jed and I are going to have to discuss it here because it doesn't sound like this is uh, going too well with the wild and Kevin Fiala. My Wolves take is this now. I am going to like get tickets for the Warriors. Like I'm trying to think of what games will be competitive now that the Wolves play. Because, like, the rest of the league, they're just going to kill teams. Yeah, it's going to be boring. Yeah. They're so just like, going to rest starters in the fourth so quarter like what, every Phil? time. Yeah. Warriors. Uh, if, they, if they play the Bulls else? in the Eastern Conference, you okay. know, they're, they're off right. to a pretty hot Because, like, I'm only going to go know. to those games now because they're going to win. I mean, they're probably going to yeah. win the rest of their games this season by 25, right? Dude. An average? They were, they were they were up by, like, 40 points the entire second half of that game. They I also got Luke Walton watching. See that? Luke Walton. They got Luke oh, Walton Luke Walton today. Yeah. Well, that's how, that's how Finchie rolls. Finchie. Right. Finchie daggers opposing coaches. He does. <laughs> Finchie's just like, your job, I want your job. Sticks oh, a shiv in their rib All right, cage. boys. This All right, fun. great stuff. A celebratory Vikings vent line presented by Surly Brewing Company. And uh, Judd's written work, too, you can find at scorenorth.com and the Score North app. We'll see you tomorrow for Pie Chart of Praise Monday here. Daily Vikings Entertainment, the most fan-friendly and interactive show in Minnesota sports. This has been Vikings Vent Line.